Hello and welcome back to Sawyer Saloon. Here with me today, I have Miss Hannah Araby. Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Glad to hear have you here uh, in the saloon, the six by six bedroom where I host all the podcasts. Uh, so, you, saw, you seen any good movies lately? Um, actually, not really. No, <laughs> I feel like I haven't watched any recently that have been super like oh my gosh this is amazing so yeah not even nightcrawler okay, with well, Jake i have mixed feelings about it okay i mean it was in intriguing but i don't know if i was like whoo i love it but i think it's good to discuss okay <laughs> so for all of y'all out there who may not know about this movie this is called nightcrawler now nightcrawler is a 2014 thriller starring jake gyllenhaal bill paxton and renee russo and it is about a guy who goes out and basically takes photos and videos of crime scenes and sells it to the news organizations in L.A. Uh, definitely has a Joker, King of Comedy, taxi driver vibe going on with it. So tell me about these mixed feelings you have about this. Um, well, probably the biggest one is that the first like, 45, 50 minutes of the sh- movie is like nothing really happens you're nothing kind of, at all you're kind of sitting there um just thinking like is this this going anywhere like what 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 is he doing where are they going with this but then after that i mean it really picks up it's very interesting but yeah that first 40 minutes i was like why did i decide to watch this so yeah yes definitely emphasizes on the crawler part right of the name <laughs> right absolutely for sure and uh, honestly, I don't think I've I've not seen very many movies with Jake Gyllenhaal. I have seen the first movie I saw with him was uh, Spider-Man, right? Far from Home. <laughs> uh, that's the first one I've seen with him. And then the second one I saw was actually a few weeks before I saw Nightcrawler, and that was uh, End of Watch. It's with him and Michael Pena. 2012, and they're cops in Los Angeles. Okay, yeah, I see. I've no the only. Jake Gyllenhaal movie that I can think of that I've seen him in, which I'm pretty sure it's him. I don't even remember the name, but he like realizes he has a doppelganger. Enemy. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like very odd movie, mm-hmm. but I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal is in a ton of odd movies because isn't he in Donnie Darko? He is. Which like, you know, the internet like freaks out over. Yeah. Well, like part of the internet, but um. There's definitely a Reddit thread or two about that movie. Yeah, yeah. or. 500 yeah. um but i don't i just feel like he the nightcrawler kind of fits into that category of like odd weird movie he's done that yeah. you can't stand his character yeah um, yeah Th- that was the thing and like <laughs> nobody wanted him to really win at the end because no. he was just he was an awful like weird creepy guy right and and when at but at the end he's all just all happy and like i I think something that was really cool that stood out to me because I've been a part of the that culture is the culture of uh, like self-help and like all these business gurus that right. I think people kind of overlooked if you didn't really know that. Right. But he was all like, like oh, he would, he would listen to these tapes and he would, whenever he would talk to his intern guy, right. he would sit there and tell him all these things, you know, oh, you know, you need to be punctual. You need to, you know, you need to do this. You need to do this. Right. And he, he himself wasn't even doing some of that stuff. Right. But he wanted to give off that appeal of he was this big time business guy. And I thought that was very interesting because of how 
toxic that uh, that kind of influence and stuff can have on people if they just sit there and consume so much of that material in their heads and get kind of a unrealistic view of what it really is to like run a business or something. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. It definitely, I don't know. He definitely played on like the, I'm a big businessman mm-hmm. vibes. Like I'm going to be successful, whatever. But I think the interesting thing about the character was, is you have to give him some credit. Cause like he really finessed his way into the he did. position that he <coughs> ended up in. Cause you know, he starts out and he's like a, a, a you know, petty crime criminal. He gets by by selling stolen parts, tires. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what he did. And then, you know, you can see, like, he's really trying to do better for himself, even though he's a criminal. I it's that, But that's the whole point of the character. He's like this, there's, like, layers to it. Mm-hmm. And so the, the beginning 40 minutes, it, they were building that. Because he goes in and he talks to the guy who he's selling, stole, selling stolen parts to. And he, like... I mean, it's impressive what he says to the business yeah, owner. Yeah, it is. Um, but the guy's like, no, I'm not hiring a criminal. But So you see, like, where he takes opportunity. Mm-hmm. I just thought, yeah, it's probably interesting to us, like, both as business majors because it kind of, like, I don't know, hits close to home, not really, because, but kind of. Yeah. And so um, you see him develop, and, like, he really uses his skills to better himself, but then ultimately in the end, it, like, that becomes all-consuming, and it leads to him doing very unethical things. Yes. <laughs> like murder. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, what, did, what was I going to say? Because, and he, did the way he keeps his composure the whole time, like right. he never, he only freaks out once, once. in the movie and right. nobody's around to see it. The only person that sees it is him and then he breaks the glass on his uh, mirror. But right. he, I, he, he plays a very unsettling guy. Like it, is one of those movies, Uncut Gems did the same thing to me where it was like, I'm watching the movie and like I'm really feeling like claustrophobic because right. of how uncomfortable it makes me, everything that he's doing. And, but that movie, it waited, like you said, for after the first 45 minutes, like whenever they see the actual, like the house that gets robbed, like that's whenever things like really kick off. And it's like, oh shit, what's going to happen now? Right. And, and then whenever he kills. Bill Paxton by you know that's how he can get the video of him and like put him out of commission I don't think he kills him uh, I don't know if he dies or not but he does like he gets hauled off in the ambulance and everything right <clears throat> so yeah definitely made me feel pretty uneasy but it's also something I would only ever watch once oh absolutely that would not be a movie I would watch multiple I don't think I could do that first like 40 minutes again yeah <laughs> I was just mis- I was like this is so boring but also I think, too, I mean, his whole, you know, being unethical about the way he gets news stories and things like that, I mean, I think that is a bigger thing because if you, like, shrink it down a little bit and you look at, okay, to what lengths are we willing to go to be successful? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like people can be very cutthroat and sometimes it's seen as a good thing to be cutthroat. Right. Um, So while that's a big issue that he ultimately ends up committing murder to make more money... Um, I wanted to know what did you think of his whole react or his whole like relationship with the lady, which is so odd. It's very odd. I don't know if it was one of those things where he just like he had, he'd always wanted the power and he'd never really had it, right? 
or the fact that he'd never really been able to develop relationships because I'm assuming he's been like this his entire life. Right. Well, you can tell, too, just from... I mean, he doesn't have a personal life. Like, he seems pretty much like a hermit. Yeah. Other than when he's going out and doing stuff. But I just thought that was an interesting aspect of the movie, too. Because, you know, you Mm -hmm. could, like, follow the plot line of, like, okay, like, he's going to these crazy links to make you know and I don't even know if it was about the money I think it was really like success and so yeah that's it was like about the, main, the success for the sure. main storyline but then you have this like weird kind of coming in and out his relationship with the lady he was selling mm-hmm. the, like footage to and he like also wanted to control her too yeah it's very odd yeah he definitely wanted the control and the success and then also the sex right uh, because I don't it doesn't it doesn't seem like to him, he seems very like one-minded. Right. Like he focuses on one thing, and his whole life is based around that one thing. Like right. I said, he doesn't have a he doesn't have friends. He doesn't have anything like right. that. So it's like his whole life is focused on one thing. So this one thing that he's focused on is selling the stuff. Right. So he literally he gets everything from selling that stuff. Like he's, he always talks about his leverage the whole time. You know, well, I have this leverage. Right. And so and so the leverage gets him all the money it gets him the success it gets him the new car it gets him uh the girl quote unquote so right. to speak so he still gets all the things that he wants but he's using that main focus to get everything that he's always wanted right yeah it was definitely it was definitely an interesting mu- movie i liked the i i liked the underlying themes of it mm-hmm. but the character made me deeply uncomfortable Yes. But then also at the same time I was like but like wow. You're you're doing a good job and until you murder someone. Yeah. But you know like he was I mean that drive is hard to find. What what is the most unsettling uncomfortable character you've ever seen in like movie or TV? Smeagol. <laughs> From Lord of the Rings? Oh, absolutely. He makes you more uncomfortable than Jake Gyllenhaal did in that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, why? I just I, okay. Well, so when I was younger, it was because he was like scary, you know, right. like visually scary, and then the way he talked was unsettling and everything. But I mean, still to this day, when I watch Lord of the Rings, it's just like maybe maybe then the ring, but the ring's not really right. a character. But just that whole concept of like being so enthralled with this thing and this thing ultimately leads to like the breakdown of everything you ever held value of but this one thing just like destroys it just yeah still to this so maybe it was like the residual fear of him just like you know I always felt that terror when I looked at him even if I grew up and realized like okay this is obviously a fake thing Mm -hmm. but then that coupled with like whole concept of the ring and it just completely throwing your life off the rails i don't know still to this day like i don't like it that's so interesting because I, w- I would not have expected that really yeah i was expecting some i don't know maybe like some like dark thriller or something where like the person is just creepy you know like a jake gyllenhaal in this movie or something so right but i i don't know as but i love thrillers like that's right. probably my first movie of choice because i I I enjoy watching movies where you can identify someone as... Because I feel like a lot of thrillers take this route, and not all of them maybe, but 
it's like okay the actions that this person is doing are bad and like this is not a great thing but they always like show this other side of the person to where you're not torn but maybe in some instances instances you are you see like the human right in them and the human being the good and the bad and probably the really really bad um like that's like silence of the lambs um Hannibal Lecter mm-hmm. it's like dude sucks but <laughs> you're enthralled like you know like yeah. you can't look away from him it's like oh what's he gonna do next it's not like you're rooting for him he's like a terrible guy but right. he's like he's not the villain right anyway, he's not yeah. yeah but um so I feel like creepy characters in thrillers don't really creep me out I feel like I almost have an affinity for them and like which people are gonna be like now like oh, this girl is psycho but Maybe not. I mean, that's why that's why people, I mean, loved that character. Right. I mean, you take, there's always, like, that character. Right. That's, like, a pretty popular character is, like, the anti-hero who is, and, like, like, the Joker. Entertaining. Exactly, yeah. People love the Joker. Exactly, yeah. People love every iteration of the Joker, maybe except for Jared Leto's, but they love that they character love. because he's, because of just how he is. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is a terrible explanation of it, but just how like because he's he's charming, right. he's smart, and he just like he knows how to get underneath Batman's skin, right? No matter what he does, and that's that because that's something because that that's there's something that's really popular like the loner, mm-hmm. uh, psycho right. movies where the where the people you know they find a little bit of success and then they exploit that success or they take off with it, but then the characters people actually see who this person really is on a large scale and they don't like it. Right. And I was very into, or they don't see it like with Jake Gyllenhaal, only a few people saw it. Right. And, uh, but then he has everyone, you know, fool, fooled by it. But see, that's the weird thing. I mean, I guess that was kind of my question, which now you're doing a better job of explaining it than me. But my question about the lady at the news station that he sold all the information to, mm-hmm. it was like, you wondered it's like okay but does she kind of like this like even though he's right very much stepping over boundaries here and being like you're gonna have sex with me and you're gonna do this but is she almost like attracted to it and then you you know and then because mm-hmm. you wonder because she, she's very odd she's very odd herself right um but and but then you have the you know his intern and i mean He's not really an intern. He's much more than an intern, but who sees through it completely, especially towards the end. Right. And it's like, this is wrong. I thought that was an interesting like parallel they kind of drew there. Okay, yeah. I can pull so many things out of movies that people are always like, okay, maybe that wasn't there. And I'm like, but... But it could have been. Yeah, I also think, too, it highlights a little bit on like the sensationalization of media, you know? Yeah, and definitely, like, how, how quick everything is. And so right. how, like, I believe that, like, that's something that would happen on a normal... Oh, absolutely. Maybe not the whole sex part, but, right. like, the how he how he handled it and how how they were just, like, trying to push out, like, the... Because she was, like... Because the other people were, like, well, I don't think we need to push this. And she's, like, well, this gets ratings. Right. And that's a huge thing nowadays is everybody's just after ratings. Right. So. Yeah, I think definitely... Yeah, it was probably an interesting movie to watch at this time, too, because I feel like, you know, there's big bad things going on in the world, and it's it's very much, like, plastered everywhere for us mm-hmm. to see. 
um and it's like i don't know you know it just relates because in the movie it's all bad all the time they're exactly. like we want to show the absolute worst thing we possibly can yeah these are the people who are deciding what the bad most, stuff you're gonna yeah, see the most disgusting horrible gory crime yeah of a poor innocent family that you can find yeah. I was so freaked out that they were going to find the baby and then he was going to like move the baby or something. So right. that way he could get a good shot of it or something. And I was like anything that has to do with like babies. Well, and I have to say, you, the, you have to be, I, I mean, people don't really kill babies in movies. I know. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough thing. And you, I was, you can't kill baby. It's like the one untouchable thing still in movies. It's like you cannot kill the baby. So here's something that actually surprised me. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Because. I saw the last Halloween movie that they came out with. Do they kill a baby? Michael Myers, he walks through with a knife, and he's like, there, it shows a scene where like he goes through several different houses, and he kills a couple people. Uh-huh. Well, at one point, he like walks into a room with a baby, and the baby like starts crying. The baby doesn't know what's going on. Right. And he just like looks at the baby for like a solid five to ten seconds, and my heart is just pounding, and I'm like, oh my God, please don't kill the baby. Yeah. And then he just walks off, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> thank God. But... <laughs> But I was watching the last, the latest Harry Potter movie that came out, the Fantastic Beast or whatever. Okay, I was about to say, don't ruin it for me. I'm ringing all of them right now. Never seen any of the movies. So you've never seen any of the movies? No, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> well, so in the Fantastic Beast things, like Johnny Depp plays Grindelwald, which is like the OG bad guy from way okay. back when, and who's been being replaced, but. He, they walk in, they go into some house or something, and then they kill the parents that are there where there's a baby in the crib, and they walk in and they look at the baby and they say something about it, and then Johnny Depp's character goes, yeah, he's cute. All right, go ahead and kill him. Do they kill the baby? They, they close the door and you see the green flash from the Avada Kedavra, whatever the spell is. Yeah. And they kill the baby, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that they did that. Well, that's what Voldemort tried to do to Harry. This is true. Yes, and he did. And Harry, like, I don't know. I'm not at the end yet. I don't know what happened. I, so you've never read them? You've no. Never okay. Anything? So here's the thing. So and my, I make fun of my parents for this a lot. Okay. So, um, you know, I grew up going to church every Sunday, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whatever. Same here, um, but we loved it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're um, I don't know, Protestant, whatever you yeah. call it. Um, and. I guess the big thing at the time when I was born was like, don't let your kids read Harry Potter. You know how like every song played backwards in the 80s or 90s was like praise to Satan, like rock music. Yeah, I, I've heard those things where people are like, oh, if you play this part backwards, it sounds like yeah, this. Yeah, it's like every rock band was like actually like satanic and all this kind of stuff. Are you saying this that you believe this? No, You're saying no. This what I'm saying okay. is just like it's like these like bandwagons. They all okay, jump okay. On I got you. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. we're not gonna do this. Like how they all like didn't want to go to Target for <laughs> thirty seconds with the whole bathroom thing. Anyway, um, there's just these like different things where they like oh no this no that. So anyway, at the time it was Harry Potter, um, and so when it came time, and I think I asked pretty young because I enjoyed reading from a fairly young age so I was probably like seven or eight maybe more eight nine I was like mom can I read the Harry Potter books and she was like um no I don't think so like you know we don't believe in all of that like wizards and witches which most people don't but um okay whatever mom I won't read them so that was their rule 
Um, then my brothers come along, and I think when Isaac was Isaac or Luke, it was must have been Isaac first. He was in middle school, and they were like, "Yeah, absolutely, like go read it, whatever." And by that point, I was early high school, um, and I don't know why I didn't read them at the time. Um, I think that's when my reading really slacked off and I quit reading as much so I never read them but I was always like I'm never going to watch any of the movies until I actually read them because mm-hmm. um, I really do like to read books before I watch the movies so it just never happened um, you know I'd make jokes with my parents like haha you let them read that and I couldn't but then I had never actually gone and read them myself so for Christmas I asked for the set so my mom got us, like me and my brothers, the set because both my brothers love them. Luke actually has reread all of them um, in like a week and a half. Wow, because that's a feat. Yeah. So anyway, I'm on the fourth book right now. I've seen because as I finish them, mm-hmm. me and Luke will watch the movie. Okay. Because yeah. he's like, I want to rewatch the movies after I've reread them, and mm-hmm. of course, he's made his way through all of them. So now. He's waiting on me, but yeah, currently on the fourth one. Have seen one through three of the movies. Yeah. Th- three after three, three is like the the shift, right? Where it goes from like kids movies to like young adult, right? I it's, it's weird. I almost well, don't think of it as as young adult. Well, cause, so that's if you notice as you're reading, so like the reading level raises each book mm-hmm. slightly, and it's like okay, well Harry's getting older each book, right? And then your readers. The way she wrote, you know, she wrote them in the the 90s and came out with them mm-hmm. every couple or every other year. I'm not exactly sure what the timeline was. Yeah, 2007 she, was when the last her, one came out. Her audience was growing, mm-hmm. so she was letting the reading level... It's a really interesting concept. Yeah, she tailored it to, like, as they were growing up, they grew up with, with Harry. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's Smart super movie. cool. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the first and second book took me a minute. I was like, whoa, this is really... Um, and by a minute, I mean, like days but i was like i want to get through these you know and yeah. then the third book i was like finally a little bit of you know not super simple sentences mm-hmm. and then now i'm on the fourth book and i feel like it's pretty it's gotten there's quite a big jump yeah in the even in the third book like the beginning is a much lower reading level than the end of the book but mm-hmm. yeah i think the third book's been my favorite so far i know everyone loves the goblet of fire and Really, which is the fourth book? So yeah. that's that's what I've heard. Like everyone was like, "Oh, fourth one's like, and we don't really like." Is she losing it? Is she? Where is she gonna go? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because like, yeah, from everyone I've talked to about it, they're like, "Oh, I love the Goblet of Fire. Um, it's good so far. It's entertaining. It's good." But it's I'm kind of so like, nice. "Where are we going right now? Like, yeah. where are we going with this? I want more interaction with Voldemort." Yeah. I want to know yeah. more about Voldemort, which I'm pretty sure I don't learn anything about like Voldemort's history until like the sixth. I think it's in the sixth book. I see. I don't. I read one through three a long time ago, uh-huh. and I never finished reading really? them. Yeah, but I've watched them all, and I'm I've I've I watched them all recently, like within the past year. Uh-huh. And I'm probably about to start rewatching them again. I love. I think they're so. I love them. See, every awesome. time I watch the movie, I'm like, the book is so much uh, better. There's so much more that happens in the book. Like. The whole, I mean, I I have a hunch that the invisibility cloak is going to be, like, a really big theme somewhere, mm-hmm. and I think it might be, like, the key, like, <coughs> or, like, part of how Harry's somehow going to defeat Voldemort or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just have a feeling. I might be wrong. But it's, like, in the, the invisibility cloak is such a, a big 
part of like the first and it's the only thing that Harry has with his father's. Right, it's huge. And it's like not even mentioned until the third movie. And it's like we've been talking about this in the book. She talks about it the whole time, but in the movies, it's like. Well, they use it in the movies. That's how they get into the restricted section in the first one, and. Yeah, but it's like not really. Yeah, it's not that big. They don't like hit on it. Yeah. You know, I'm always so terrified he's gonna lose it. If he loses it, I'm going to be so <laughs> angry. It's the way you're laughing at it right now. I'm like, crap, he's going to lose it. But yeah, I just, I just, it's so, it's so strange. I've talked about the, the Harry Potter movie several times on, uh, on this podcast. Oh, really? And yeah, especially like the very first one I did with, uh, the Dupachan twins, Mackenzie and Madison love Harry Potter. Oh, okay. And so they came over and we talked about it, um, for a while. And I'm just, I'm just kind of laughing because, like, I, there's a lot of things that I want to say and talk to you about, but I can't talk to you about it until you finish it. Right. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll get back with you. I'll let yeah. you know. Because I, I don't want to say anything that would, that would ruin guessing, it. I've been guessing, so spoiler alert here, I'm not finished with the fourth book, but mm-hmm. I am, like, 100% positive Cedric dies. Like, dude's got to die. Dude, so Diggity. there. Yeah. Cedric Diggory. Yeah. yeah. So it's played by Robert Patterson in the movie. Yeah, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend today or the other day and she was like, Yeah, that's Robert Patterson anyway. Um and I'm I'm I feel like I'm pretty good at predicting the ending of these books. So I'm really interested to see if I can crack the whole code of why Harry didn't die and all that business. Well good luck and but let we'll me know. See. We gotta stop talking about it or I'm gonna ruin it I'm for sorry. you. No, you're good, because there's so much that I want to say right here, because I could talk about Harry Potter for days. Well, I'll let you know when I finish. Okay, that works. then we can talk about it for days. That works. Because I will have been reading it for probably a month. Days, yeah. 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 So I actually have a, we're about to hit the, we're 25 minutes. I have a few questions that I got, uh, and I thought I'd go ahead and ask you. These are from the viewers. So this is from Brant McNeese. Which inspirational figure would you like to have an interview with if the question presented was, what is true happiness? Um, that, um, it's a big one. That is a big one. I don't know. Jesus? Jesus? No. That's a um, uh, maybe, I don't, I mean, because who do I look at and think they were truly happy? Right, yeah. So this I was going to say C.S. Lewis, but doesn't he write like a whole book about grief? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, grief's a part of part like, of life. You got to really understand know if he was it. Really to get a happiness. happy guy, he might not have the answer. To, like, I don't want to go pick someone and then their answer be I don't know. I feel like C.S. Lewis, he he may not know, but he he'd have a good idea on kind of how to figure it out, right? For yourself, because I, I I feel like that's I don't know if I have an answer. Who? Because I mean, we think certain people were happy, but are they really? Well, I think the true happiness thing, I think it's something that every person has to find individually. So I, right. I, what I've found is that to answer that question, you'd have to find somebody who has found it for themselves and then you just hear kind of what they had to say on how they found it and then take that to try and figure it out on your right. own. Right. Because I could tell you how I found true happiness, but it, you're going to be like, okay, well, that's not... Right. That's you. That's not me. Right. So it's... it's, it's I need to send you this yeah. TikTok. It basically, like, debunks the entire theory of, like, the pursuit of happiness. Interesting. It's very discouraging. Oh, It will wow. just ruin your day. 
Why would you send that to me? <laughs> I don't know because I think it's interesting. But I don't know who I... I guess maybe like C.S. Lewis. I don't know. Okay. Um, or Jesus. C.S. Yeah, Lewis or, or Jesus. Or Those Jesus. are two pretty good answers. I mean, but we do have a book that kind of like outlines some things. So maybe I should just read that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a hard question. That's a tough question. Yeah. Tough question. That's a good one, Brian. Thank you for asking that question. Um, okay, here's a another question equally as hard. If you could shoot two liquids out of your fingers for the rest of your life, what would they be and why? Um, wine. Okay. And do we have a specific wine? Uh, preferably a red wine. Okay. Probably a good uh, red blend. Um, and then that makes me sound like such a female. Um, and then liquid. I don't know. Water? All right. I so think I might be st- water. You could literally pull off the Catalina uh, wedding anytime you wanted because you could be shooting wine and go, watch this, guys. <laughs> Swap the fingers without anybody noticing. Exactly. And shoot wine out of it. Right. Well, I mean, I just, I drink water all the time. And a lot of times I'm like. It's, so, it's essential. I'm just frustrated because I'm like, oh, I don't have any water right now. Exactly. Like I drink an absurd amount of water. Um, so it would just be nice to be like, oh, I got water right here. Yeah, just hold on one second. Yeah. Like, exactly. Are you picking your teeth? Like no. my own, I am, I am a water fountain for myself. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. honestly, probably water and wine. That's kind of a boring answer, but water and wine. That's a good. That's a good answer. All right. If uh, if you could meet any famous person, who and why? So this is a little less. This is not tailored towards the specific question you're going to ask them, like the first one was. This uh, is just this is alive. Huh? Is this alive or dead? Either. Oh, if you want to do one for do one for both, then. Um, dead. I think it'd be cool to meet Eleanor Roosevelt, or maybe George Washington. I don't know. Okay, we're talking. Which George Washington are we talking here? Are we talking peanut butter George Washington, or are we talking United States, States George Pres- Washington? Yeah, like President George Washington. I don't know. I'm um, big fan of Jif. I might want to meet George Washington those Carver. Those are really boring answers too, though. Um, oh, Edgar Allan Poe would be a cool one too. That would be an Sad interesting guy. Dude. Yes. Weird dude. He probably wrote that TikTok you were telling me about. Probably. Um, then alive. Man, I don't know. I think Lady Gaga is a really interesting person. Not super like always into her music, but I mm-hmm. I just think she's kind of cool. So she always seems kind of off the deep end, you know? Yeah, just a little shallow. Mm, that's a good. That's very funny. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know that much about Lady Gaga besides like that. She has a mean poker ant- face. I, I feel like later on I'm going to be like, oh, I should have said this person. Or, oh, I should have said this person. I definitely would like time to think about it if I actually had that opportunity. Absolutely, yes. And then after you've seen the Harry Potter movies, we can come back to it, talk about that, and revisit your real answer for that question. I don't. None of those people are real. Your real answer for the question. Because you're saying you don't know what it is now. You said you would. You're probably going to think of a better answer now or afterwards. So when we come back and do another podcast and we talk about Harry Potter well, after I'm, you've done it, I'm there we go. You there can we cut go. That out. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. So stupid. There we go. Um, I really want to change my Lady Gaga answer though. I feel like that's such. I don't know. 
Is it, why don't I give you my answer? Yeah, you And tell that'll me give you time to think. All right. Okay. So if I could meet anyone that was dead, I would love to meet Captain Henry Avery. Now, Henry okay. Avery was a pirate. Mm-hmm. And he was a pirate before the days of pirates, but he was like kind of almost a mythological figure. So Henry Avery managed to raid a uh, Muslim ship, uh, the Gunsway. So the Gunsway was headed to India. It was a Muslim pilgrimage ship. Now the uh, the guy who was in charge of like Muslim Empire in India, I forget what his name is, but his granddaughter was on the ship. So Henry Avery and them, they have a small ship. It's fast. It's one of the fastest ships in the world at the time. It's called the Fancy. So the Fancy comes in. So two things happen that allow them to attack this ship. So one is that one of their cannonballs manages to hit the mast, and it explodes the mast. The second is that one of the guns on the gunsway explodes whenever they went to shoot the cannon. So it caused a lot of confusion and because this was like one of the biggest gunships in the entire world at the time and had like 10 times as more firepower and men on the ship but because of that the captain freaked out he went in he went in he, he threw a bunch of women in like uh clothes and stuff to where they couldn't tell that they were women and like he sent them out to like protect him to fight him and stuff and they were like we've never done this before we don't know what's going on long story short Henry Avery takes over this ship uh-huh. and it's the largest uh, like pirate like them taking a ship in like in, in the history of the world, right? So it's over $400 million worth of jewelry and gold, silver. Uh, he takes like him and the legend says is that as soon as he sees the Grand Mogul's daughter, granddaughter, he falls in love with her and he eventually like they get married on the ship. So they leave the fancy, they go to the Bahamas and nobody ever saw them again. They have no idea where he went with any of the pirate treasure that he took. They never found any of it again. They never saw the granddaughter again. So they know for sure that they made it to the Bahamas. So at at some point he died. That's the crazy thing. They're all dead now. (laughs) Can you believe it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So there there was already like not a lot of stuff known about Henry Avery at the time, but everybody knew he was like this big famous pirate. Mm-hmm. Um, so they left there. A bunch of them stayed in the Bahamas, and then a bunch of them went to. He was supposedly originally from Ireland. So there were seven people that got caught. Uh, six of them were hung. One of them was not because the, they were tried twice for pirates. So the first time they were all let go free, mm-hmm. and the second time they were all found guilty. But it was like some bullshit charges. And but the one guy who pled guilty both times, they let him off. And. Um, but that nobody ever knew where he went, and so everyone thinks that they went to because Madagascar was a big pirate uh, hangout that they would go. So they think there that maybe he was in Libertalia, which was like the pirate legendary city that that they all went and hit at. So nobody knows where all of the treasure went. And I would just love to meet him and do go. Hey man, what happened? Yeah. Where's the treasure? So I think he's a very interesting. That's character. a good one. Yeah. Okay, I, I know which ones I pick now. Okay dead and this is just of the week because i hate these i hate these answers but it's like what's your favorite movie what's your favorite like book like it changes it changes so my answer of this week month i don't know um if i could go back like or you know someone who's dead it would be princess diana that's a good one yes that's a good one yes i just 
I would I think she was a cool person I would love to be like just be my best friend and tell me your life story um and then alive I don't know everyone alive right now is boring um <laughs> I guess of the week I would probably want to meet Greta Gerwig do you know who that is yes yeah she directed Little oh, Women. Never mind. That's not. That's not. I was thinking of. Uh, I do know who that is, but I was thinking. You were thinking Greta Thornburg. Yes, I was thinking. <laughs> my generation is going to die. Yeah, no. Of you. It's all right. Um, I see enough of her on Twitter. It's good. <laughs> um, no, Greta Gerwig. She directed Lady Bird and Little Women. Right. Um, and those have been my two of my favorite movies of the past. I don't know, three, four years. Um, so yeah, I would her. Just because I've watched interviews with her before where she talks about reasons why she did certain things in a movie, mm-hmm. and it's just super interesting. Like, yeah, she picked a color scheme for each one of the sisters in Little Women, and they wore that color scheme throughout the whole movie, and it was supposed to like reflect their character. And that's like a decision she came to with the costume director, and it's just, she seems to pay attention to the details, so... I'd want to like quiz her about. Yeah, that. and that, that makes a big difference too. How much right. effort the director and everything right. puts into it. So that's right. that's actually really cool, and that that's the kind of stuff that people do appreciate in the movies because it makes it right. makes the movie better right. because you can tell that they actually care about it. Exactly. So yeah, I just like to talk to her, get to know her. She's also like one of the few woman directors in the whole director mm-hmm. scene since you know it's always a lot of men. So yeah, she's just a cool lady. She's married to someone. I can't remember who. He's. I'm gonna laugh if he's not significant, but I'm pretty sure he's also a director. I always remember there's a uh, Catherine Bigelow. You know who Catherine Bigelow is? No. So she she's a big time director. She uh. What she direct? She directed uh the Hurt Locker. Oh okay. With Jeremy Renner mm-hmm. and Anthony Mackie. Never seen it, but I mean I know what you're talking about. Fantastic movie. Uh, fantastic war movie uh, and <clears throat> but in the movie or so the movie it was 2009 mm-hmm. so that movie won I can't remember if it was Golden Globe or it won like best picture of the year at one right. of those award shows well she beat her husband well her ex-husband for the movie of the year now her ex-husband directed Avatar it was James Cameron oh. and she beat him with the Hurt Locker and I was like, that's that's, that's super cool because yeah. what what a better way to like uh, kind of get at you know because I'm sure that there was some bad blood if they were no longer married. So like, what a cool way like, hey, I just beat you out. You you may have the highest grossing movie of all time <laughs> for at least the next ten years, right. but uh, I beat, beat you, you for best yeah, picture. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's in a nice. movie that I would 100% say is better than Avatar, but right. So yeah, I looked it up. Greta Gerwig's husband, uh, he directed or had a hand in making um, The Marriage Story, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, great movie. Love, um, what's his name? Adam Driver. Yes. Love him. I, d- I, do, I do like, uh, yeah, he's, he's cool. Uh, I've seen pretty much everything he's been in. Yeah. Just, yeah. I saw he has a TED Talk. Maybe that's who I'd meet current. Really? Maybe not Credit Kerwig. Maybe Adam Driver. You'd probably think I was an idiot, though, so no, Greta Gerwig. So I, the first thing, I'd never heard of him until Force Awakens came out, and I was like, who oh, is this guy? Okay, so I saw him at first in Girls. Okay. Real big throwback with that girl, mm-hmm. Lena Dunham. Yes. Very controversial. Yes. But 
Adam Driver. Yes. So I remember seeing him in that, and I was like, okay, like he played like I remember it was like Kylo Ren, like he does Kylo Ren fantastic. Oh, like absolutely. that's the only like one of good parts I ever thought about the, like the new trilogy. Right. And but I remember seeing him in Saturday Night Live whenever he did, and he did. Uh, I I remember there was an Aladdin sketch that they did, but he did a sketch where he was this old oil tycoon guy and it was like bring your your dad to work day <laughs> and so like the first person that goes like all right you know thanks you know for being a firefighter and right. he comes up there and he's like do you know what i do every day and he like <laughs> plays this old guy and it's one of those where like everybody that's like all the other <laughs> actors are dying I'm, laughing i've never seen it i'm going to show that yeah, to you after you we get to. off because it, yeah. it's so funny and he because he plays it so seriously and just like this old like oil tycoon like you ever seen a it's with Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, There Will Be Blood. No. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I've seen parts of it. But it's just like, it, he reminds me a lot of that character because it's very like like, like early, like 1900s businessman right. that's like cutthroat. Right. And yeah, but it's so funny. Yeah. He's a funny dude. He is. Um, have you seen the, this is the, the kind of, not really. Um, have you seen the video it's like on TikTok and stuff. It's it's all over. But he's like, I just had sex and now I'm gonna eat nachos. I mean, nachos. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can sit there and watch that all day. What is that from? I don't know. Which I is weird because I'm pretty sure I've seen. It's him and Daniel Radcliffe. Majority of everything. He. I'm sure it's some kind of like spoof something, right? I've Maybe no clue. Not. I don't know. But yeah, I, I do remember seeing that. I just had sex and now I'm about to eat nachos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Funny dude. Oh yeah. Well, awesome, Hannah. I appreciate you coming on. Got a lot of good uh, subject matter we talked about, and I look forward to seeing you again on here. Yeah, hopefully I didn't talk in circles, but thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yes. We will catch you later on Sawyer Saloon.